Home Jazz Radio Studio Analyst and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties that sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Tim, good morning. Man, I like the way you let that marinate. <laughs> Woo! I, I did that just for that you. Was, uh, that was that kind of got the hair standing up on the back <laughs> of my neck. I have so many things to talk to you about. Frugality so, at BYU in and other the words, Big Twelve. In other words, do in, in other words, don't get off track. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay, leave that All to right. PK. If that needs to be done, he'll do it. Uh, okay. But before we get into any of the, the bigger picture issues, let's just go to the most recent games that people are still buzzing about. Um, more shocking score, the Jazz by 35 in an NBA game, or BYU dominating Oregon for 40 minutes in Portland? Oh, by far the BYU game. Um, yeah. Like that was... That was just amazing to watch, really. Uh, and I didn't see it all. Obviously, got the Jazz game going, but snuck a peek. We had both TVs going out in the lobby. And, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, if you told me going in, uh, obviously the Oregon team is veteran. And uh, BYU just beat a veteran San Diego State team, too. So it's the way they're doing it, I think. It's, you know, um, gone to the days of, scoring 80 and trying to hold them to 79, you know? And, and I think they're just really big physical, and it was just really evident that their physicality really bothered Oregon last night. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, the Sixers are 0-5 without Embiid, and so – and that's obviously well out right. and, too. And Dybul's out, too. You know, there was, yeah, there was a host of sure. guys out for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, BYU – And I'm a BYU guy, you know, what can I say? Oh, me too. I'm even. I've been a BYU guy longer than you've been a BYU guy. Yeah, I think probably, you. I think you're further up the queue yeah. than I am for those uh, coaches' circle tickets. Right. I mean, I uh, I've been a BYU fan since Chosich. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. With that in mind, uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most was BYU's ability to lock down defensively. I'm not sure when the last time I saw that was. No, it's been it's been a minute. And, uh, you know, I think Mark's done a great job since he's gotten there of kind of really em- emphasizing guarding physicality, rebounding, you know, all those things. And, and But, man, it was a clinic last night, seriously, because, you know, we played Oregon a couple times. Uh, we played them, uh, you know, prior to them. It was, it was when Dana first kind of got there for Creighton and was building his thing. Um, so we played them. In a home-and-home, home, we played them in the NCAA tournament. And in the NCAA tournament, they kind of did to us what BYU did to them last night, just kind of dominated. And so it was really kind of interesting to see the tables turned. Uh, BYU's got some really exciting young guys. I love uh, I love Foose Traore uh, from Mali by way of Wasatch Academy. Um, watched him from the time he was eighth grader. And he's just – he's a man. And, and he went in there and just, you know – so it was it was fun to watch. Definitely the most surprising outcome, uh, but it was also really good to see the Jazz play great again. 
Tim McComb joining us, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. So I'm curious, uh, and maybe it's just hard to know after three games, but Oregon has been a Sweet 16 or better team in four of the last five NCAA tournaments. And the year there wasn't a tournament, they won the league, and maybe they would have had another Sweet 16 run. So BYU fans, I'm sure, would like to draw a straight line to it. Can you do that? Are there too many transfers? Is Oregon not Oregon yet? What do you think? No, I think Oregon's Oregon. Uh, you know, uh, you look at their – I mean, just look at a couple of the guys they roll out there. I mean, Jacob Young's an All-American, uh, you know, transferred from Texas. Uh, Quincy Garia. Um, it's, it's funny because we recruited Young because of a connection to – he's Michael Young's son with Coach Rose um, at Houston. And then uh, Garrier, the kid from – Syracuse that transferred is is terrific, and then Will Richardson's just a he's an amazing guard, and then they've got size and they've got skill, and so no, it, this is an Oregon team, and I, I think that Oregon team will probably be one of the best teams in the Pac-12. So yeah, BYU didn't just beat them; they really from from the beginning to the end they dominated them, and uh, it was interesting here after the game, Dane Altman saying he was embarrassed, you know, uh, you know. Because that's what BYU did to them. They just really basically took them apart. Yeah, they really did. Do you think Barcelo's an NBA guy? Gosh dang, man. I see. It's just funny to know how it equates, right? Like, um, I saw a stat last night somewhere out there in the Twitterverse that he's shooting somewhere 71% in his last uh, like 90 for 175 in his last 45 games, something like that. I mean, that's pretty darn good. And he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's physical, and he wins. So, I mean, not certainly not like right out of the gate, but I would imagine, you know, we've seen guys. You know, watched he, we watched McConnell the other night with the Pacers just, you know, with, just basically will his team to victory over the Jazz, you know, with, with uh, great hustle and had five offensive rebounds in the first half. So, there's certainly a place out there for guys like that, but becomes a numbers game, a fit game, and you know, there's a little bit. I would imagine a little bit of luck involved. The NBA doesn't really want six two guys. If you're at six two, um, I, I hear Ed Lamb talking when PK and I were sitting there to at a uh, BYU football media day. He was talking about measurables and guys they can develop, and you know, so you got college coaches, and you probably did this when you were recruiting too. You're like, I like that high school kid, but I need kids who are bigger, quicker, more physical, longer arms, and I will teach them to play basketball later. And then the guys who are actually doing it right now, but if you don't have the measurables, so there are six two guys in the NBA, so you can't say that there's no shot. But there aren't that many spots for 6'2 guys in the NBA. Some of them are already locked down, and I guess that's why you say luck in a numbers game. Well, yeah, I mean, because I, I coached a guy who won the National Player of the Year, you know, in college, and his game didn't translate to that level. And so it's a different game. And But you, you hit it on the head. It's, it is like you have to think about getting – take into the right situation, the right team, who's got some availability for a guy like you who, you know, will work with you through it. So there's a lot of those avenues. And, and I think some guys, um, you know, find that fit and others don't. But I coached a lot of really good six, you know, six to six, two or three players that really their career ended when, when college was over 
or they went and played, you know, for a couple of years overseas and then kind of moved on. The way I look at the Jazz is, yeah, they didn't have Embiid, so they should have won. But I was more excited about the Jazz being back in rhythm. <clears throat> and I think that's the important thing is for them to play in the flow and in the rhythm of the way they're supposed to play. And if they do that, <clears throat> they'll have success. And I thought they did that against the Sixers. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about that last night with Ron and um, David after the game, Jake and I, in crosstalk. Uh, if you if you haven't caught that segment, boy, it's riveting. But anyway, um, I, I think that that was what came up. It was like you can look at this thing and say, yeah, Philly was missing all these guys. But sometimes it's harder to play right that way because you you really can do any, pretty much anything you want to do and you're probably going to find a way to win the game. But I, I really do believe that the emphasis from the sounds of it, the emphasis this week, Hey, we've got to push the ball up. You know, too much of what we're doing right now is in the half court. And teams really have, um, you know, I look at the NFL right now and watch what Mahomes went through, you know, for several weeks in Kansas City. I mean, teams, when a team kind of changes the game, and you know, the other teams have opportunities to study film all summer, all off season, and, and catch up. And I do think the Jazz were ahead of the game with the, with the ability to shoot that many threes. Um, but I think a big byproduct of their success was they did it early in shot clock often. And that's kind of been a missing ingredient when, since, you know, when the Jazz went through this little lull. So last night, that, that was a point of emphasis. Ron was in the broadcast was saying, hey, you know, he's calling out the number on the shot clock when they crossed half court. And it was markedly faster. So I think finding those easy baskets in transition with all those shooters just makes sense. I want to switch gears and, and talk to you a little bit about uh, BYU and the Big 12 and also uh, Kalani Sataki and however many teams are going to come after him. There's obviously three openings in the Pac-12, and, and his name has been linked to two of them. And bigger picture than even that, BYU had built-in advantages in the lack in the Mountain West. As the independent, they've been forced to stretch and grow and, and raise some money and do some things that maybe they didn't have to do before, which is good preparation for the Big 12, where I think they're going to have to do a lot of things you just don't have to do when you're dominating a league that doesn't have the same resources. You know, But there's also a mindset to be in a $60, $80, $100 million athletic department and paying people a lot more money. I mean, there's a mental jump to be made there to the point that at Utah, we've heard people like Chris Hill talk about, it felt like I got a brand new job when we went to the Pac-12. But we also know BYU isn't run just at the coach athletic department president level. Do you think everybody's ready to make that jump in transition because they're about to step into a whole new world and competing to keep Kalani Sataki is one thing, and it's a big thing, but it's also one thing for one person and one coach in a moment, as opposed to joining a league, and everything is different going forward all the time. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I think, you know, I'm going to start with the beginning of that and what BYU's been able to do in independence. Uh, you know, I, I know there were a lot of people uh, that said that this was not sustainable, that, you know, it was going to really bring the, the athletic programs to their knees, you know, all the different things that were said. Um, so hats off, really, first of all, the the administration down there. I mean, Tom Holmo's burned the candle, and, 
you know, and his staff has, they've just done a great job of, of making it through, you know, what really was a, a difficult thing for the, for the university. Um, but they've, they've navigated it great and it's worked out great. Um, you know, I think what I've noticed DJ is that it seems as though there's a whole lot of progressive stuff going on down there. And I, and I really don't know the roots of it, but I can only say that when I was there, you know, if a guy went out to play a game, I mean, even up until the last game we played and he had a little bit of facial hair, we heard about it, (laughs) you know, uh, and, and I'm watching this year, and, and I mean, it's just I, I, it was something that I'm like, hey, we just need to relax this, right? But I've seen hair coming out of helmets, and obviously, I just feel like overall there's a little bit more progressive feeling. Um, uh, the the guys that that are being brought in, or you know, guys that are be given be given a chance, you know, graduate fifth year guys weren't even really in the discussion at all. Uh, we actually got turned down on several because they didn't meet the requirement. So. I think all that stuff is is trending toward proportion, and which is awesome. I think that place has been great for a long time, but I think it needs to progress. And I think this is just a big step in that direction. And I do believe that they've got the two guys; they're the perfect age, you know, to run the two programs, Kalani and Mark. Um, I think the the fact that they're coming into some, you know, some money with the Big Twelve, I don't think it's going to be that hard. I, I know what what the church always talked about was living within the means of what you're, you've got a budget and make sure you live within that budget. And if the budget gets bigger, you know, all the ask is going to be is to live within it. And so I would hope they'll take care of people because that's the one thing in my experience there, you know, it's the people that make the difference. I went back last week and I mean, I spent 10, 15 minutes hugging custodians and police officers and, uh, ushers and people that I hadn't seen for a long, long time that have been there for years and years and years. Um, so it is the people that make it work, and you got to have the right people in place uh, at the top of that thing. And so my hope is that that that's what will happen. But I kind of feel like it will. I, I think I feel like there'll be a kind of a change in in perspective. So they're relaxing little things without making a big deal and making it noticeable. Because I've heard I've heard that like. Well, look at player fill in the blanks hair, and I heard it last year. Oh, there was nobody on campus, and so somehow they got away with it, so to speak. And it was a topic of discussion. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I just think you know it's kind of like the way I, I, I tell the story all the time. When I first got down there, I wasn't quite sure, but I hadn't been around it. Right, I, I was a Utah guy, and. I kind of went in there and it took six months for people to believe I wasn't just an implant that was trying to steal information. I had to actually, you know, make sure that everybody understood I was there for a bit. Um, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big diet Coke drinker and that's a caffeinated type. And when I first got down there, there weren't caffeinated drinks on campus. So I bootlegged my own fridge in and I brought them in, um, you know, and, and, I would go in the locker room after a game. I'd wrap that thing in a in a stat sheet. So you know, if the big guys, if the president <laughs> of the university or the brethren were in there, they weren't on, they weren't on to me drinking caffeine, right? Um, so one day I was walking in, I was wrapping it up, and President Samuelson happened to be behind me. And he said, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just wrapping this up because L. Tom Perry was in the locker room, ready to speak to the guys, and he's like, "Out." Oh, 
come on, man. Like President Monson drinks about 20 Diet Cokes or Dr. Peppers a day. Diet Dr. Peppers. I can't remember what, what his drink was, but that made me feel good. And But, yeah, I mean, and then when they, they made the big change, right, there's a big edict that, hey, we're going to have caffeine. It's all okay now. But I, I sense what you're saying, PK. There's not a there's not a press release with it all. I think it's just naturally kind of happening. And I, I think it's really, really good. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that would disagree with me. They want to keep it quote unquote special, but I think it, I think there's a lot of great things about it, but I think as, as we expose, you know, so much more of that to so many people that haven't been able to see it or be, be kind of taken in down there. I think it's going, it'll only be a positive thing. Tim, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again, and we'll hear you on the Jazz and the Raptors Thursday night, seven o'clock. Sounds good. I, I did follow. <clears throat> I did follow Yak on Twitter. I've given it. I've known him for about ten years, but he's had earned my trust. And just so you guys know, I followed him last night. I saw I that. I thought. It, I it. thought it was a hasty decision, but I don't want to. I don't want to second guess. You yeah. Know, do you? I, I mean, I just didn't want him. It's okay, though. Yeah, he came to my concert, so he earned it. He earned the fall. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We'll get you up to date on all the stuff you've missed, and we'll do it next. Stay with us.